Hello everyone and welcome back to the Chelsea Overseas Podcast. Today we have a very happy episode as we talk about Canada's 4-1 win against Panama back home in the BMO field. Adam and I both attended this game live and it really was a magical experience, experience I can say for the both of us. My personal favorite was seeing Alfonso Davies run literally 80 yards, grab that ball, continue the run himself and score in the bottom right corner, the most beautiful placement of at the back of the net. But overall, it was a wonderful game. Great goals by the Canadian boys. And we saw a couple fights here and there. The fans were crazy. <laughs> the row ahead of us, we had some very ecstatic Canadian fans, one of them ran on the pitch afterwards which was also pretty funny to see but yeah yep gotta gotta love some good fans yep so i say let's get right into the talking about this game what were your favorite highlights of this game adam well i agree with you my the moment for me is alfonso davies uh it was even bigger i was at the u.s game a couple years ago when he scored um the first goal to get Canada those three points, this one was bigger. This one was was amazing, and I think I think more people are are starting to get behind this team. I remember when I was at the El Salvador game, I was almost surrounded by El Salvador fans, and it was pretty pathetic, I have to say. Um, but I think this team, after what they did in September in terms of getting off to a good start. Right, and then getting that draw in Mexico, I think that woke a lot of people up, and it's kind of motivated them to come out and support this team and to see an actual sea of red, like all Canada jerseys, and to see the the fans actually like believe in this team and really push them on. I, I think I think this fan base is is not really the fan base, but I think this country is is slowly starting to understand that this team can do something really special and can transform the sport in this country. So I was really happy with with that, and that that was a big moment. Yep. I was going through the... um, I know one soccer posted Alfonso Davies' goal uh, just from start to finish and the whole celebration, and I was going through the comment section of it. This was on Instagram, by the way. (laughs) And, And it was crazy. A lot of Canadian fans were saying the same thing. They're like... Alfonso Davies have, has revolutionized this team. A lot of Canadian fans are starting to get into the soccer because of it, which is fantastic. Um, one guy said, uh, he, what was it? He goes, every day I wake up and thank God for Alfonso Davies. So, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely getting a lot more fans. and This is great. Yeah. And, you know, we, we started doing... I've I've, you know, I followed this team for... For multiple years before the Alfonso Davies uh, days, but we've we started this podcast in round one, and to kind of think where this country was at with soccer when we were in round one, not really where the team was at, where the country was at in terms of supporting yes, this team, the support, yeah, yes. and kind of look at BMO Field last night and, and how electric that atmosphere was. You know, and then you oh, yeah. you turn on Sports Center the next day, and after the okay, the lead is your Toronto and Montreal hockey game, but immediately after that, then Canada, right? We're one of the first things on Sports Center the next morning, which is great. 
So it, it it it's a big I think it was a big moment. Those three points, those three points were obviously big in terms of the table as as we've talked about in terms of getting into third place. But I think it it has a big significance for this country. And I think what's amazing is that Alfonso Davies we we know the people who who have watched him know what he can do. But for the for this country who maybe are new to this, right? It takes those sorts of moments to get to get a larger audience, right? To get more people saying, "Oh wait, who's that?" It takes those moments of magic that Alfonso Davies can produce. And I think people in this country got to realize that this guy is one of the greatest athletes in this country easily. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, speaking of athletes, though, one of my personal favorites, seeing him play in person, Kamal Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Adam and I were making comparisons to, from, to him to Ningolo Kante. The way they're just so ruthless. They take on bigger guys than them and still somehow end up on top. Their defense is quite literally the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Kamal, Kamal doesn't take uh, doesn't take anything from anyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How crazy would it be if Canada and France somehow ended up in the same group stage? Oh. Should we make the World Cup and then we just see an Angolo and Kamal match up? What a duel. By the way, Kamal straight from Scarborough, so just want to put that out there. <laughs> Representing East Side. Yeah. I I <laughs> I think I think that in terms of just to quickly say the performance last night, um obviously didn't start well with, with Panama's goal, but Canada loves to come from behind. This team is incredible at that, and they quickly did to tie it up. The game went a little bit stale at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half. And honestly, at the beginning of that second half, when Panama for 15 minutes had a good, really good period of possession, right? And Canada, were they didn't give anything up, which was great. But you could feel in the crowd, people were getting a little anxious. After two away trips, maybe you're thinking, hmm, has the tank gone dry? So, right. Right. And you said, you said that, you know, I just, you, you reassured me because you said, just give it five minutes. Yeah. That's how they played in the first half too. Somewhere within like the 15th or 20th minute, they picked up, they, they started playing it around, getting a couple of shots on our net for five minutes. That's how they scored. And then same thing happened in the second half. And I, I was nervous as well. Right. But I knew like this was just. It was just one moment. It wasn't going to last the whole half. Yeah, 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 you're right. And, and Panama were were knocking that ball around in, in the uh, second half, and Canada were waiting. And I think we got to hand a lot of this to John Herdman in terms of that because he admitted himself uh, in the press conference before the Panama game that he made his subs too late against Jamaica. He could have impacted the game earlier. And you saw... At around 65 minutes when Panama were having all the ball and Canada were getting a little sloppy, couldn't really um, get into that Panama half, get that back four higher up the pitch. He made his changes. He brought Mark Anthony K on, who obviously helps you keep the ball and, and could spring a couple counterattacks. Moved Alfonso Davies out to the wing, right, which ended up 
him on the right-hand side scoring that goal. And he kept Buchanan on, kept David on. He kept his big guns on, but he just gave Brock Cahan in midfield, put Davies out on the wing, and I think it made a big difference. And once Davies scored that goal, you could just feel the whole place lift along with his teammates. Everyone just kind of said, wow, like, he produced a moment of magic to win this game. And then they obviously put in a third, a fourth Buchanan with a great goal. So, yeah, I think that it, it's it's something we've never had in Canadian soccer. It's players who can make something out of nothing. It's players who could produce moments of magic just when a team thinks they have you on the ropes. And that's what Alfonso Davies did. That's exactly what he did. I know... I say we talk about the rest of the team as well. I know we saw a couple of faces that we don't see as often as Davies and our other All-Stars. Uh, we saw Shuffleberg playing a little bit. Mm-hmm. We saw... Who Brim else was it? Brim, yeah. Um, Piat also some minutes. Yes, Piat. That's who I wanted to say. He he played in Jamaica as well, but seeing him play, when he came on, you could tell like this was already uh, starting to park the bus because we already had the lead 4-1. And he did a wonderful job kicking the ball out whenever they had those through balls. We saw one time, who was it, that made the splits, basically, and intercepted the ball. Uh, uh, what could have been a very dangerous through ball. but And we had a nice counterattack off of that. Yeah, we played very well defensively as well. I think it's important mm-hmm. to note that. Yeah, I think after that first goal that Canada allowed, they didn't give Panama anything. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, it was. I think Canada... Panama had also run out of fuel in their tank as well, so yeah. it was easier for us. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think, as I said, that, that that second half was, I think that second half was, the, was along with the first half against El Salvador, uh, some of the best we've, we've played um, in this qualifiers. That was also the first half against Mexico, but the, this was outstanding to have this sort of quality in this Canadian team is 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 just incredible and it was a massive three points obviously that's the most important thing in the end and you know we've talked so much on this podcast about home games and this was one of them where you needed three everyone in the stadium knew it all the players knew it John Herdman knew it everyone knew it and they got their three points and now you're looking at it 10 points after six games third place you're averaging just over two points per game at home, one point at, away from home, and you're averaging 1.67 about uh, points per game. Those are all things that they're on pace to qualify if they keep this up. So they're in a really good position. So far, they haven't let down. They haven't been in exactly. They're in a decent position. We're in third place right now, right? So... What are the stats, Adam? Yeah, well, we are two points in front of Panama, who have eight points. They're in fourth. And we are four points ahead of fifth place, which is Costa Rica. So We are also four points below the first place, Mexico. But only one point less than USA, which is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, no, and, and second place is up for grabs. I think Mexico will run away. But yes. but the U.S. are there. The U.S. are poor away from home. It's hard to win away from home. We know that. But the U.S. struggle too. It's not only us. It's literally every CONCACAF team. So 
That that second place is there for the taking. I just don't want the U.S. to drop points to teams who we need to come in front of. That's my only thing, right? Like last night, I was happy they beat Costa Rica because we don't want Costa Rica coming near us. Yes. If it's Honduras, though, I'd be happy for him. Or Jamaica. Yeah, well then... Give Jamaica a win. Yeah, well, if teams... If Canada begins to distance themselves from teams like Honduras, right then when the U.S. play Honduras, then we could cheer for Honduras. But, I mean, it's only six games. I don't think anyone's absolutely out of it. Um, So... But but we're in a, we're in a good position. We're in exactly the position I wanted to be after the October window. And remember, we set five points this window, picked up five points, and I think overall it's a successful window. And that game against Panama is gonna. I think it's really significant on for the table and for this country. It's also like riled up the uh, players. I know fans and players are all ecstatic for the next round. Of World Cup qualifiers. This was a great international window, though. I remember you had predicted four to five points would be a, a decent outcome. And that's what we came out with. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that really I liked was in the, you know, how they do the huddle after every game, win, lose or draw. And um, Vittoria said, always someone says something, whether it's Boyan usually who does it, Herdman occasionally. Vittoria did it. Do they do they show like what the huddle actually like what do they say in the actual huddle or no? Not really. Oh, okay. No. But Vittoria was speaking and then they called on Alfonso Davies to speak. Did they? And you saw he was like a little like like not, I don't want to say shy, but like not totally like like a Boyan or a Vittoria who are very like outspoken leaders, whereas Davies um, is a little bit more quieter in that way and just kind of seems to lead by example. Yeah, he inspires and, leadership, though. That's the difference. Yeah, ex- different types of leaders, right? Exactly. So, but when, when he spoke, uh, it, it was cool. It was cool. And when he was banging the drum after, it was nice. Oh, that was a wonderful sight to see. Yeah. When they were going around the stadium after the win, cheering on the fans and the fans cheering back, it, it was great. Yeah, and overall an amazing October window in a good position, a massive win last night, and we're looking uh, forward to next month. Yep, all three of our All-Stars got goals. David, Buchanan, uh, Davies. And by the way, they were all fantastic goals. And then the unfortunate own goal by Panama, but still a great corner. Yeah, we'll just call that Buchanan. Honestly, yeah, Buchanan was close to scoring, so... You can't have scored. <laughs> but yeah. Um overall I agree it was a great window and yesterday was an electric, electric environment. It was so wonderful and I, I'm speechless for it, honestly. Coming up in our next window, we have we got Costa Rica, Mexico. And that's it. Yeah, two-game window. Yes, Costa Rica and Mexico. You're right. It is a two-game window. So what are your thoughts going into this next round? Well, we'll see when it comes. Um, you have to beat Costa Rica, and you want to get something out of Mexico. So yes. in Edmonton, in, in a tough place for opposition, 
turf field, cold. We can control our own destiny. No travel, which is great. Yeah. I think it's a really big opportunity to open up a gap between third and fourth. So we have two home games in a row? Yeah. That's that's actually quite good. Yeah. Well, they'll, And it's at the same stadium, right? Edmonton Stadium? Yeah, Commonwealth Stadium. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's great. They'll be used to it, at least for the second game against Mexico. And we saw them tie in... In Mexico, at the Azteca. Yes, the Azteca. I am so sorry. But yeah, we saw them tie in the Azteca, which is fabulous. So seeing them play at home, especially with a field they'll be familiar with, that's great. All right. So to end off this episode, I said we talk a little bit about Chelsea. I know they got some games coming up. They got Malmo and they got... Brentford away from home. Exactly. On Saturday. So... These should be relatively easier wins. What are your thoughts going into this, Adam? Yeah, well, to be honest, I think the Mal- I think the Malmo should be pretty straightforward. Um, I, I just I don't think Malmo have much even to finish third in this group. Um, again, you have to be very careful as always, but this should be three points, um, no matter who plays. Uh, so what that allows, though, is that I think you can go all out against Brentford, which I'm anticipating a tough game. Brentford are have been really, really good so far this year, especially at home. Beat Arsenal at home, gave Liverpool a real run for their money at, at home, drew them. Brentford have been impressive, as I kind of expected them, to be honestly. Uh, top 10, I believe they're eighth or something in the table, Brentford. They've, they've been really, really good. Um, they seem to play play their way with no fear uh especially at home in terms of pressing um in terms of hitting teams on the counter-attack and really taking the game to teams so they're not a fearful group uh so i think it'll be a tough one for chelsea especially after an international break right it's i i I don't really like this game after the international break it could be a potential like banana peel one so we'll see. Um, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough game. But the we have a couple injury boosts. Conte is back in training. Reese James is back in training. Oh, nice to hear that. Yeah, so is Pulisic. So those three should be back. Um, Thiago Silva's out because he's in South America, literally like still right now. So too short of time. Uh, but our other defensive options, as far as I know, are good. Um, don't know if Romelu Lukaku will be available because he came back with some muscle fatigue, but I think that should be fine. Oh, probably just a cramp or two. Those happen. It takes like a couple of days, two to three days to heal. So I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. Okay. Well, yeah, hopefully he is. And, um, yeah, it should, it should, we're going to have very close to our full squad against Brentford. So... Yeah, I, I, again, I anticipate a tough game against Brentford, but I think, I think, and especially after the international break, but with the players we have, especially if Lukaku's in and Mason Mount is in, I think too, if if Brentford come at Chelsea, Chelsea do have the players to play through a press and and really hit teams on the counterattack like they've shown. And they can be really dangerous in those situations. So 
Hopefully it's a case of maybe Brentford actually helping Chelsea a little. So yeah, but it's going to be a tough one, I think. Right. Uh, like you said, Brentford have been showing up this last, the start of this Premier League season. So it'll definitely be a game to look forward to. Uh, tough competition, which honestly I'm always a fan for. But I, th- I think Chelsea can do it. Right. So we obviously beat Arsenal and we tied Liverpool. Yep. Yeah, so not the worst thing in the world. But, yeah, do you think we can expect, if Lukaku should play, do you think we can expect the return of his skills or his Premier League magic? Yeah, well, that well that's going to be big. We need to get him more involved. And, and, and Brentford, I'm sure, will get at Chelsea and will press them with the home crowd behind them uh, off the back of an international break. But... Chelsea are going to have to find their rhythm early, which is what I'm a little worried about because it can be tough after an international break. So Chelsea are going to have to find their rhythm early and and play through that Brentford press and get Lukaku involved, right? Get those balls into him quickly and Mason Mount uh, alongside him, Werner running in behind him or, or Havertz around that area too. You need... Oh, you got to play Werner. I bet he's so happy right now after scoring two goals against North Macedonia too. So he's definitely on a high. You got to play him while he's still there. <laughs> Maybe you believe he can score again. <laughs> yeah, and I actually think this game might actually suit him with with maybe Brentford going for it and giving Chelsea some space to attack into. And with Mason Mount in the side too, I would assume, if Chelsea can get get that ball to those front players, they can cause a lot of problems. And Lukaku needs to be more involved. So our midfield players have to do a better job of playing out of that Brentford press and getting the ball into his feet. Um, and and I think that'll be the key because because Brentford are are gonna are gonna look to disrupt Chelsea's rhythm early and hopefully to to catch them cold a little bit, which hopefully is not the case. Right? Can we get a lineup prediction then? Sure. Uh, Mendy and goal. Yes. And then we'll go Christensen, Rudiger, and Aspie. No Thiago yep. Silva. And then I think Reese James will play. You think he's going to be right wing back? Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go 3 4 3. And we'll do Kante with Jorginho. Okay. And then on the left, we'll go Chilwell, yeah. I think. And then the front three, I'll go Lukaku, Mount, and Werner. Mount and Werner. Okay. Yeah, all right. I agree with this. Why not Havertz? Um, I just think the game I think the game suits Werner a little bit more. Right. So Do you see a Havertz Mount substitution later on in the game? Possibly, yeah, possibly. Um possibly also you might have Christian Pulisic, always great as a super sub. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe Loftus Cheek starts in the midfield, right? Oh, well, who knows? Right. He was great against Southampton. So either way, th- this is this is a big game. Uh, obviously, Chelsea are gonna. I, I I said this too. The stretch from the le- the game against um, Man City to the next game against Man United in November, end of November, 
There's a stretch of Premier League games against a lot of bottom half of the table teams and Chelsea need to take advantage. If you want to have a go at the Premier League this year, you need to take advantage of these sorts of runs. And they did against Southampton and hopefully they can follow it up back to back with Brentford. So hopefully Chelsea can keep their lead at the top of the table. And as I said, I think if they can just find the rhythm early and play through that Brentford press and kind of just shut the crowd out early on, uh, I think they'll be set up for a good uh, a good afternoon. Right. Okay. And against Malmo, what do you think? The Champions League game? Yeah, well, I think I think Malmo will probably come and sit in uh, against Chelsea, and, and Chelsea are going to have to break them down. Yeah, I, I I don't want to jinx anything, but I just don't I don't I don't think Malmo can really offer much in this group. But you never know in the Champions League, Chelsea. Uh, you can't let teams stay in this in these sorts of games. So getting early goals can can really you know heads can drop for the opposition and can make for a comfortable night. Whereas if you could if you keep them in it, you know belief grows and and then things happen in in sports. But uh, a good start is is definitely needed, and I expect. Malmo to to sit in and Chelsea to have to to have to break them down and and hopefully you know Lukaku can can have some fun with those center backs and get in on a few headers too. No starting eleven prediction. Um, we could. Uh, we'll go. Mendy will start again, and then we'll bring Thiago Silva back in. Yes, I was gonna say Thiago Silva probably will play this one. Yeah. We'll keep Rudiger and Aspilicueta. So Thiago Silva at uh, in the middle of the three. Rudiger on the left. Let's actually go with Chalaba on the right and Hudson Adoy at right wing back and Alonso a left wing back. Interesting. Okay. A lot of possession. Get Hudson Adoy one on one. Honestly, Aspie if Aspie plays rest. against um, Brentford, Brentford, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who do you put on midfield? Um, Loftus Cheek and Kovacic. Right. Okay. Now Conte. Con- this is Champions League, bro. Conte's home. I know he's a beast in the Champions League, but we'll put him against Norwich on the weekend. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely need him for that game. <laughs> Who knows the fight Norwich will put up? We'll see. <laughs> But and then the front three, Lukaku, and then Christian Pulisic, and let's go Havertz. Yes, I see Havertz Champions League. Yeah, I mean I don't know how much Tuchel will rotate against Malmo, um, but I think it would. It's a it's a good opportunity to give uh, people like Hudson Odoi, uh, Pulisic, Chalaba, right Loftus Cheek. Give those guys uh, minutes. No, no. Against Malmo, I, I doubt he'll do too much. I think he's going to pull out the German newspaper and just read the whole match. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously that's big because if we want to win this group, we have to get... We play Malmo back-to-back games, so we need six points. Keep the pressure right uh, on Juve. And definitely we have to finish top two, obviously. Yeah. All right. Anything else you'd like to add about the Chelsea games coming up? 
I'm good. Uh, excited. And hopefully we could stay at the top of this Premier League table. Yeah. All right. Well, then I say let's bring this podcast episode to an end. Overall, concluding it, um, like I said, Adam and I both attended this Canada game live. That was a magical experience. Thank you, Adam, for that. And yeah, we also look forward to Chelsea's upcoming games. Hopefully they should be easier wins, but with Brentford, we don't know. They might put up a little bit of a fight. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody, and peace. Bye, everyone.